I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group here at the Fraud Summit in Toronto. I'm talking with Award Driehaus of Fox IT. Award, you gave a presentation earlier today, and of course I've spoken with you many times in the past about some of the trends that you see in the marketplace, but malware and the threat actors behind the malware attacks that we've seen was a focal point of the presentation you gave today. How has malware evolved over the last two years? Well, it's a, it's a very good question, Tracy. So, as it happens, so in the past, as an industry, we would always focus on malware, how it was evolving, uh, as if that was the most important thing about it. What we now know is that malware is actually evolving to support the criminal's business case. And if the criminal's business case is uh, requiring something different happening, then the malware will evolve. Uh, but it's not just the malware, it's also the infrastructures behind the malware that evolve. So the first thing that we saw, of course, with Game Over Zeus is that it was a true peer-to-peer -peer network um, in a sense that it was pretty much unable to be brought down in the traditional sense of taking down the proxies or the middle servers. So it's not only a question of evolving the malware. The malware is pretty good still at delivering a manipulated browser effect, but it's also the backend behind the malware that is changing rapidly. So that is some stuff that we've been seeing. So when you say the back end is changing rapidly, do you mean the distribution channel? Yeah, so it's, it's also how the workflow, the criminal's workflow is facilitating, uh, uses the back end. So you know, one of the things that we discovered being in the malware is a token grabber framework. Token grabber framework is a framework that was, uh, was created, it was designed by Slavic, was created by someone else, but it's pretty much a workflow uh, framework to pass on the control of the hijack session to a human operator and we see that framework present in a current Dyer and Drydex attacks. So that's how the uh, changing the, uh, the evolution in the back end is adapted to the criminals needs in a sense what they need is semi-automated attacks that's what they're after uh, with regards to channels nowadays. And because this framework that's been in the environment for quite some time is being reused or enhanced upon that's really how you're able to attribute some of these attacks to specific individuals or groups. Yeah, true, true. So the token grabber framework was explicitly created, but it is now being used by, you know, two groups. So that's, of course, how we know that they had ties with the Game Over Zeus gang. But there are some other interesting trends as well. One of them, of course, is that the criminals are starting to be more pragmatic. The first instance we saw was, of course, a deployment of ransomware. Whenever a channel could not be attacked or credentials could not be harvested, they would deploy ransomware on machines. So that's how to monetize their botnet even further. And a few of the other things that we've been seeing is that this, this monetizing botnets goes further. So one of the interesting things is that we've observed Dyer and Drydex doing big data themselves. So what they're actually doing, what it's, they seem to be doing, is stealing large amounts of data off of infected bots. So what they are doing with that, we're not quite sure of, right? But they're collecting terabytes and terabytes and terabytes of data off of infected machines. Now, we've seen them starting to query these big piles of big criminal data, if you will, stolen data. But their ultimate purposes are yet not quite clear for us. So when you say data, what kind of data are we talking about? Is this personally identifiable information? Is this intellectual property? Is it a combination of things? Yeah, so these are many, many different things. So what they try to do is harvest interesting data from the customer interaction to his machine. So, of course, keystrokes, keyloggers, that kind of stuff, but also things like uh, communication and so on. So whatever they can intercept, they 
seem to intercept that. They're, of course, looking for things like uh, accounts, cards, and that kind of stuff. That's pretty straightforward. We've seen that before. But they're harvesting more and more and more data about uh, people, which is very interesting because they kind of are saving, they're building up their data for later uses. That's how it seems right now. So in the same way that organizations, and I could use banking institutions as an example, are tracking human behavior for behavioral analytics, it sounds like the fraudsters are trying to do the same thing as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's pure speculation from my side, but it might be, like I said, that the criminals are setting their business goals. Those are determining where they're going with their malware and so on. But they're also starting to be more proactive at their management of their criminal organization. So they, of course, at its given time said, okay, we're starting to get as much information as we can. But how we'll monetize that, we'll figure that one out later. Uh, and might be inspired with events like EMV and, and whatever. You know, they might be looking for the future of monetizing botnets other than ransomware, banking channel attacks, and so on. So we're quite interested what they will be doing. Something else that you mentioned earlier, and I think this is somewhat connected to what you're talking about now, Award, is that malware detection isn't about technology. So organizations that have spent a lot of money investing in pure malware detection are not really going to detect today's malware, right? It's really more about human behavior. I agree, yeah. And the reason that's just empirical when I'm talking to banks and channel owners out there looking for malware, you know, locking down the endpoint doesn't really cut it for them anymore. What they need to do is correlate that stuff to other events that are happening in the online channels. And, uh, you know, that's, of course, you know, where we see that they sometimes have issues, especially the early adopters of technology that were in the race from the very beginning, 2008, 2009. And in that era would deploy something, it would probably be an, an endpoint solution solution uh, locking down the device so you know if you're you know looking at how that performs right now in this evolving space you can see that performance is degrading over time yeah is that just because the malware has now been designed to evade malware detection that's been out there for a long time exactly or it's now for years we've already seen for example built-in functionality that is killing the actual protection. So if a bank would deploy certain protection against certain malware, the malware would have built-in protection against that particular detection. So that's one thing, but that's been there for years. What the criminals have now done is devised a way of attacking banks by sending the sessions off to manual operators. So the malware only catches the victim and passes credentials on to an operator. The operator is starting a completely legit session and does completely legit transactions. There's nothing strange about them. There's nothing robotic to them. And there are not any signs of malware in that session because it's the criminal computer which is clean and operating perfectly. So that's why you're in that second session not detecting any of that malware characteristics. And uh, that might be one of the reasons why it's more difficult for banks to detect that behavior. And so how do they detect that behavior? Well, you know, that's where the correlation comes in, right? And what I think is, talking to banks, is what they need is event detection across multiple layers in the model. What they used to do, what, you know, one of the earliest correlations that we saw was against, you know, layer one endpoint against financial, right? But that doesn't quite cut it as well. Uh, So that's where, you know, your layer two, your network and navigation layer comes in. Because your know, network navigation layer allows you to have visibility on the endpoint, in the click path, velocity, robotic behavior, allows you to have visibility in the financial layers and do that over multiple online channels as well. 
So it's not really so much a word about some of the unique malware strains that we see coming out or some of these derivatives of existing or old malware strains such as Zeus, which has been around forever. It's really more about looking at the entire environment. Yeah, I agree. And what we see definitely is you know, the malwares that are very uh, hip and happening right now. Uh, the weapons of choice, Dire, Drydex, Tinma, Kins, those malwares for attacking channels, pretty much all operating in the same way. Except, of course, that Dire and Drydex do the data, the big data harvesting from victims as well. Right, and we have yet to see where that data is going to be used. Exactly, and we're now very anxious to learn what kind of queries the criminals will do on that big data, so how they will monetize it. But as it has been said today also many times, if they still have low-hanging fruits, this doesn't matter if 80% of the channels are protected, they will focus on the last 20%. And now also the smaller channels, so the Tier 3 banks, should be ready for them to be targeted as well because they might be the low-hanging fruit that the criminals are looking for. Well, Edward, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Again, we've just heard from Edward Driehaus of Fox IT. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.